I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. What's up? What's up? What's up, family? So glad to have you back this week. You know, the fact that you just keep showing up, that's love. So, you know, I love you for for being here. And if you are new, welcome. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. I hope that it's so much so that you keep on coming back to hang out with us, too. But uh, I have with us today... Anastasia Boone-Talty. I like the name Anastasia a lot. And she, I'm just going to say she's a boss, but you're going to find out why. You know, she's doing many things. She's an entrepreneur. She's an HBCU graduate out here. Y'all know I'm off with HBCU fam. So Anastasia, welcome. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You are so, so very welcome. Do people ever call you Anastasia? They do. Okay, I was you just like let them know. Do you do you have a nickname ever? Like you know, um, do you like call you Anne? Did you get a nickname growing up, Anne? Anna, that's Anna. Anna, 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 oh Oh, my goodness. It's funny because when I order my coffee at Starbucks, that's my name, Anna. Like Anna, oh, they just give me Anna, and then they do A N and A, don't they? Yes, they do every time, every time. <laughs> they said, "Well, she's not Latina, so you know we just go give her the black version, right?" Uh, like, okay, fine. Whatever, just thanks. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you you see my name, Evangeline. So, of course, I've been getting the business all my life. But it's okay. And honestly, that was one of the reasons I made the switch with my business name, because I wanted to honor, one, the name, the legacy, but also, you know, and it's not because of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but just in this, this movement and culture with people embracing themselves feeling like it's finally okay to just be Evangeline and not have to be Eve. But Eve is just smooth, though, I'll tell you that. But again, it's so many men, too, who have businesses and companies that are named after them. I'm like, why can't mine be named after me? Why do I have to hide behind something else? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so very interesting. But again, I love this name conversation because I was like, when I first saw it the first time, I was like, no, nah, I know what that is, but I'm pretty sure people give her mad, you know, like just push back or just be acting crazy on his name like they don't know what's up it's okay I correct them okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can Mm-mm. see you now like don't Mm-mm. do that and you, it's so polite it's so polite but yeah but please <laughs> tell us about yourself who are you and what are what are all the amazing things you're up to these days yeah yeah so of course I am an HBCU graduate I went to the Fort Valley State University we always add the um, front um, <laughs> I graduated from there with my bachelor's in management I went on to get an MBA in human resource management so I've been doing human resources now for about almost 13 years Ooh. I've worked at some really big companies I worked at Verizon Wireless Wells Fargo PwC doing consulting and most recently Facebook and Instagram. After leaving Facebook and Instagram, I went on to start my own consulting company focusing on HR strategy. But really, I focus on diversity and inclusion. So I help small businesses 
all the way to large size businesses with their diversity and inclusion strategies, framework, um, making sure that they're doing inclusive recruiting. And then also making sure that they're getting the right partnerships and using their resources appropriately and just not throwing their resources out there. I also am the founder of Black Talent Matters. So I recently started that nonprofit and we're super excited about it because this nonprofit will help bridge the gap between organizations and black talent. Because as you've heard in the news before, there's not enough black talent out there. So we're trying to crush that statement, right? Because there is enough black talent out there and we just really want to bridge the gap. So those are some things that I'm really working on that's really getting a lot of my time and energy that I'm really, really super excited about. But I'm also an author. So (laughs) I'm also working on a book as well that's coming out here in the next few weeks. So just a lot of good things I'm working on that I'm excited about. Who I am, I'm a person who uses my voice. I'm very, very big on using your voice to make change and social change. So all of the work that you see that I do is around of course, diversity and making sure that we have the right resources available to us as well. Hmm. You're the kind of person I know I can just go there with. Mm-hmm. So we just going to go there and I'm just going to ask you, there. why does diversity and inclusion even matter? Like, why should why are we making a big roar about it? Why everybody trying to do it? Because, you know, this is mm-hmm. some of the commentary that's happening these days. But but can you give us your perspective? Well, the reality is we should have been doing it, you know, and I think companies are now looking, they're seeing all of the push behind a lot of the things such as Black Lives Matter, you know, a lot of the police brutality that's going on and it's shedding light to things that have been going on for years. Let's just be honest, right? But now that we're putting our voice behind it and we're putting our energies more so behind these initiatives, companies are saying, okay, we need to get on board. It's important because research shows that innovation is super, you know, charged by a diverse team. You know, it's something that we should always have taken into consideration, but that's piece of belonging. Let's just say I go into an organization and I don't see people that look like me. Research shows I'm probably not going to stay, right? So diversity and inclusion is important on so many areas. It should have been on our radar, but here we are. I think that, you know, diversity and inclusion is one of those things that hopefully we get better at. You know, I'm very hopeful in the work that I do every day. Sometimes it gets disappointing. I'm going to be honest, right? A lot of the comments you hear, a lot of the things you hear. But I'm hoping that it gets to a point where we see the importance of diversity and inclusion and why it's important for us as as a nation, you know, to embrace diversity and inclusion. Because the reality is we all are not the same. You know, we all have different components of who we are. Our journeys are different. You know, our our lifestyles are different. Our upbringings are different. And I think it's important that we all embrace that. So what does diversity and inclusion look like for Black people, though? Because, you know, it's one of those Mm -hmm. when you're Black. (laughs) Yeah. I, I know, but there's more to being Black than just being Black, you know? Absolutely. Um, It's the journey that comes along with it, right? Because the reality is you may have two people who identify as Black. One person may went to a PWI and their journey was a little bit more privileged versus someone who didn't. And let's just say they went to an HBCU, their journey was different and they may have not had a privileged lifestyle. So it's different in the aspect of understanding each person's journey and it may be different. And just because I'm Black doesn't mean that, you know, I want to have the same journey as someone else. Or the reality is my journey is not going to be like someone else's, you know? So diversity and inclusion are just those pieces. Diversity is how you identify. Inclusion is the piece of how you feel, right? And are you treated equally when you're in the organization or your social circles? Hmm. I appreciate that. And it's interesting because 
you know, I, again, I just recognize with everything that's been happening over the past few years, there has been an influx and a push, even though, for diversity and inclusion. But how we're all defining it and how we're all addressing it is, is so different. But that's to be understood. Right. And then, of course, in certain circles, I'm typically around more people of color, more black people, you know, in general, just because I think it's just like a natural gravitation. Not that I don't want to be around other people, but again, we tend to draw the things that make us feel comfortable that we resonate with. And there have been a number of individuals to go into the DIE space, but definitely wanted to talk about race relations. But diversity, like you said, comes in many different forms because even in the work that I do, while I don't consider it or hadn't considered it, let me put it that way, DEI work, it definitely Mm -hmm. is. But I'm not like, you know, hire me because I want to change your company. You know, let's talk about why we need to heal. I'm like, let me help my people who are first general income. Mm-hmm. who have come from these adverse situations, who trying to still come up in the world, let me help you position yourself. And that's still doing the DEI work. So for those who, you know, wonder, is there more than one way to get into this work? Because again, I hadn't even really considered until I started looking at my population. I'm like, huh, you know, wait a minute, this is interesting. But there are so many ways to approach it. And again, just because it's black or white or, you know, Latinx doesn't mean that it's all the same. So we can't look at it the same and treat it the same. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we all play a part. You know, Mm. I think that from my standpoint, I've been doing HR so long. So guess what? I'm going to gravitate more toward the inclusive hiring piece and making sure that processes and procedures and systems are in place. Right. And, you know, even when you're doing these interviews, right, and you're pouring into the people, right? I think that's important as well because we want to pour into our people and make sure that they understand and get that confidence, right? I think that's important as well. So the work that you're doing is super amazing as well. We all play a part and we all play a component in the overall picture. So no, thank you for the work you're doing as well. Wow, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I heard this Black woman who has this course, um, she's a multimillionaire at this point and pretty known, but something she said when a few things happened back early last year, She was like, people are asking me, what am I doing to address the problem? She's like, I show up every day and I serve the people and that's me addressing the problem. And I was like, ooh, you know, the way Mm. she put that was just the idea of while you're worried about how I'm trying to make other companies and organizations better, I'm building my own and creating a space for my folks to exist and to educate them and lift them. And so, again, when we talk about the work, it's not always that I am on the front line or that I'm, you know, the front line being that I'm trying to be in the streets or that I'm wearing a shirt that I'm trying to change my social media. Sometimes Mm -hmm. just showing up and doing the work is the education. Like you said, you're working on practices that are extremely vital for a lot of organizations that, you know, when you're creating policies and procedures and practices, you're not, you're only seeing it from your, your worldview. And if your worldview don't have no color or no diversity to it, (laughs) it's going to look, you know, it, we, this is why things are happening. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, I see it from the higher education perspective most of the time, but more so from the empowerment, economic development through entrepreneurship. You and I are first gens with businesses. So what does that look like to continue to show up in a space and be present when you're the first to do it still? Again, thank you for that perspective and just for even the work that you're doing in corporate spaces because not everybody can be one at large companies, but then two have the the insight and the the resilience, I guess I'll say, to work in a space where it's often just gonna be you who's in there trying to make noise and getting resistance. So I'll say that and I appreciate again just what you're doing through your work. And black Thank talent you. has always mattered. 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's always Absolutely. Matter. It has always mattered. Where do we lose matter. that focus? Ugh. I mean, I mean, clearly, <laughs> you know, clearly it's mattered for a long time that you it know. Has. I mean, <laughs> almost too long. But I mean, the thing is, black talent hasn't always been appreciated. That we're gonna Absolutely. go there too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm in a place in my life now where I'm no longer afraid to acknowledge that, even just as you know, a black person. To not just say people of color, but to just say a black person. I can't keep sleeping on what my experiences have been. So black talent does matter. And I'm glad that you're getting you. Somebody's doing the work. Somebody got to send the gap in and make sure that, you know, people are, are flourishing. So, yeah. But, um, look, who I can talk to you about these different things. Like, so we can go there. We can go there. We can. We can go there. So entrepreneurship though. Love talking yes. about women in entrepreneurship because it ain't easy. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Why did you even decide that entrepreneurship was for you? Or was there a moment that, you know, you knew a long time ago, because you do have an MBA, but just because you mm-hmm. have one doesn't mean that that's what you want to do. Because some people just want to do it to do better, you know, within corporations. So for you, had the bug bite you, you know, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Even on the campus of Fort Valley State University, I always thought, oh, I want to be this awesome businesswoman. I want to own these companies. You know, the image, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But as I got into the corporate space, I kind of saw those restrictions, right? I, I suffered through a lot of things in my career. Again, being that first at the table, being the first in the room. And it just, it kind of hindered me a little bit. You know, it made me think, well, is corporate really for me? You know, can I get out and do something on my own? Can I take that leap of faith? And back last year after leaving Facebook is when I decided to take that leap of faith. It took me a long time. I'm going to be honest because, you know, in our culture, a lot of times our parents teach us, you get a job, you get a safe job, you get your check every two weeks and you live your life, right? And entrepreneurship just doesn't look like that. You know, sometimes you, you got to go out there and really, you know, market yourself and the money doesn't always come to you as the same as a steady check, right? So I was very fearful at first. But after finding my voice, honestly, and building my brand is when I said last year, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to see what happens. And I've been flourishing. It's remarkable how the bug hit me so many years ago, but it took me again so many years to get to that point where I felt like I can actually do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I work with a lot of my students with, you know, having that confidence to say, hey, I have an idea. I have something that I can bring of value to people. Let me step out and try it. You know, but again, entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not, you know, it's literally sometimes you, your whole team for a little bit, then you build a team and then things happen, you know, so it's, it's, it's definitely very hard, but it's rewarding. It's so rewarding when I walk into these meetings and they say, hey, who are you? Well, I'm the CEO of this. You know, I took that leap of faith and I'm coming out to these organizations and they're they're understanding that, hey, this person took that that leap. And guess what? They're successful. So it's, it's rewarding in, in the same sense. Hmm. You can be, you came that boss. You said you're going to be a four. I said it. it took a little minute, though. It took a minute, but <laughs> it took a minute. But yes, absolutely. And I would never change it. I wish I would have did it sooner. Honestly. You know, same, same. But I did not see business for me ever. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell people, I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but at the same time, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I used to, and I, I guess the other thing, I just wanted to be a motivational speaker. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. But I never knew or even considered that motivational speaking was still business. Like, you know, these transactions and making money from it and traveling, but nobody could ever tell me how to charter that path. Right. And so mm-hmm. people continue to encourage me to do things that were quote realistic 
and realistic being that it was the nine to five. It was to get your check, happy benefits. And so, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. It took me a while. But when I did decide to transition, it was only to take a year off to take a sabbatical to get myself together and go back into the workforce. Right. And about three months in, I was like, maybe I should just give this thing a trial. I'll just figure it out. You know, if I got a year to just do nothing with this, you just let me just see. And that was over five years ago. And so for me, so I guess the thing is, but I just wish that somebody would have seen something in me differently to maybe have helped me consider business more. And it's not their fault, right? Because nobody's right. responsible for my life. But like you're saying, I love what I'm doing. And I just, it's a light, it's a love, it's a energy that I just haven't found in anything else that I've done. But I know my journey is what got me here. And it was, I'm able to now to help other people identify for themselves, but also to help them through it. So love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say has been the most challenging part of being an entrepreneur? Because again, it was one of those, well, I'm here now. (laughs) (laughs) I would say the most challenging piece is, again, when we talk about that comfort, right? I've worked in corporate for a long time. I've been in places where I got my check every two weeks. It was an uncomfortable feeling stepping out, Mm. right? And saying, okay, how I make my money is strictly on me, Mm. you know? Making sure that I had my team in place and now I have an awesome team in place. Mm. I think that was the piece for me that was really uncomfortable. You know, not having that steady comfortability of, yes, I'm, I'm getting my income, my resources are here every time I get paid. You know, it was really stepping out there and understanding what that journey looked like and, and understanding what business looked like. Because even though I have that MBA piece, right, I still didn't have that practical piece to go with it. Right. I knew what I knew what business looked like from a corporation standpoint, but not truly from an entrepreneur standpoint. So that was a journey that was challenging for me at first. But again, now I'm at a place where I'm super excited that I know all of these things and I have all of these resources in my wheelhouse. Mm, I can appreciate that truth. And it is scary and it's very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I think whoever came up with the saying, time is money, was an entrepreneur. They had to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I people don't get it um, sometimes. And that's not, you know, a judgment. But for me, having to be sensitive to how I spend my time because I realized an hour spent in a conversation that could lead to a business transaction. Not that it's not about building a relationship, but mm-hmm. can it lead to building something? Can it lead to a contract? Can it lead to something? The leads are everything versus right. working in a nine to five space and saying, I can call, you know, Susie Q over at, you know, blah, blah university and pick up brain mm-hmm. for an hour. So it doesn't work the same. And then now this idea of learning and education is something that has to be very intentional. It has to be very thoughtful, you know, strategic, but also spending several 30 minute calls a week isn't the most productive use of my time. Right. Versus mm-hmm. before when I can afford to do that and be like, cause the same check gonna come at the end of the month anyway. Mm-hmm. That is that I'm glad you said that because that's the reality of going into it. Is there anything that you did in terms of like preparing though? Cause I mean, I'm sure like you had some opportunity, some window after transitioning out of your last job to say, well, I'm going to go here or there. So is there anything that you did in terms of like saving money or getting the coach or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. I'm definitely one of those that I try to save my coins because, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something different. I didn't know if that was entrepreneurship. 
all the way, right? Mm -hmm. I've been consulting part-time even while at some of these large companies, but I never quite made that whole transition over, right? Mm -hmm. But I did get a business coach. My business coach is Dr. Ashley Little, and she's definitely been working with me on how I spend my time, how I spend my resources, making sure that I am turning my brand into something that, you know, for my generation, right? I'm breaking generational curses, even with me being a first-generation grad. So I definitely have a business coach that's there to guide me through that process to help me take a step back. She's like, wait, I know you want to do 11 million things. Let's take a step back, you mm-hmm. know, and I and I appreciate that because for me, I have all of these ideas in my head. You know, I want to do all of these things at one time. But having that business coach definitely helps me to really streamline what my business looks like. But yes, I did both of those. I saved my coins and I got a business coach just to make sure I started off on the right track. You know, oh, absolutely. I love that. And the mm-hmm. thing, you know, being first gen, getting help doesn't always mean that it's free. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, something that I had to learn myself in terms of being able to develop and to move forward is that I can Google all day, I can YouTube all day, but until mm-hmm. I've actually invested in something that's going to help me level up, but it's an investment. That's the thing. It's an investment. So it's worth it because it's going to pay itself off in the end. And then similar to like, you know, what you're saying, being out here in these streets trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It was really difficult for me. And being first gen, being a black woman, I wasn't really finding many communities that kind of hit all the nails on the head. And mm-hmm. so creating my own membership has enabled me to now help those who are coming along who also see value in having the support because you run circles for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. just go ahead and cut that down and get somebody, you know, it ain't got to be me, but find somebody who can help you you know, mm-hmm. shorten that learning curve and really even be a resource because entrepreneurship is never ending. <laughs> it is it never is. ending. It's it never ends. It's <laughs> all day, every day. And taking a break, you know, you can still take a break and even having a team. But if everything goes to hell, you still got to show up. And so it's just you like, do. I need to spawn. I love that. But thank you for sharing those things and, and those tips to let people know that this is how I'm getting ahead because I think that it's, you know, incredibly important. So just thinking about, you know, investing in yourself, what are some other things that you're doing to invest in yourself? I mean, even being an entrepreneur and self-care and, you know, balancing family and all these things, what does that look like for you? I'm a very big advocate for self-care, especially in the business that I'm in, right? Sometimes I have to take a step back because I am in diversity and inclusion. And a lot of times, some of the things that happen in our world today, it affects me, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm still, I still identify as a black woman, you know? So a lot of times you have to take that step back for self-care. And I'm a big, again, I'm a big advocate for self-care. Like if I need to take that mental break, I'll take a week off. I'm telling you, because sometimes I need to recharge and I can't show up as my best self to a lot of my clients if I'm not there mentally, right? So definitely self-care is a thing that I I definitely am an advocate for. But then also, you know, just making sure that I get my community piece in. I think that's a form of self-care for me as well, because a lot of the challenges that I've faced in the corporate space, I want to energize others and I want to give them some resources to have in their wheelhouse as well. So that energizes me as well, because I don't see it as work. When you love what you do, again, it's not work, right? Mm. So when I'm in the community and I'm helping people, that's a form of self-care for me. It helps me take a step back from the business sometimes and say, hey, how can I pour into someone else? So self-care and community outreach is definitely my two forms of just, you know, bringing myself back to a place where I can be energized for the work. 
I definitely appreciate it. And then so are there any like boundaries that you've learned to set for yourself since you've become an entrepreneur that you didn't think much about before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah buddy yeah go ahead <laughs> so i have a really big family i have a really big circle of people i know a lot of people right yes. and i want to help everybody i do i wish i could sometimes i wish i could clone myself and be in 15 places at one time but i have to make sure that you know I'm taking the time to step back. Sometimes that means not answering my phone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means, you know, only taking those calls that are going to turn into something, right? I have to mm-hmm. learn how to say no sometimes. And I think that's where I'm learning how to set those boundaries. I'm learning how to say no because I've been to that place where I've tried to help everybody and I get burnt out, mm-hmm. right? So I've learned to set those boundaries that sometimes I have to put all the electronics away. Sometimes I have to just really focus on getting Anastasia together. Mm, Absolutely. And that's hard sometimes. That's hard sometimes because I'm that person that always wants to be there for everybody. And I have to realize realistically, I can't do that. Mm, (laughs) mm. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, I think like you were saying, loving everybody and being a people person, Mm -hmm. And having to transition and not necessarily be as accessible as you used to be. One of the harder things for me was accepting that some people weren't going to like it. Yep. Because Mm -hmm. they're so used to Eve and Eve. And I'm like, I can't do that today. Yeah. (laughs) I can't do it tomorrow either. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) When you don't really know what other people are experiencing. So we can't look at other entrepreneurs and realize this is what they're going through too. So it's one of those rites of passages things. And I think the message that I've I've continued to preach over several months now, or just even share is having grace with entrepreneurs because we're building empires, like literally and who we used to be, how we used to be. Not that we becoming funny or different, but we have to move different. And so, again, mm-hmm. I could spend 15 minutes talking to you randomly during the day before. But now that 15 minutes is different because I might just need that break or I may have a call coming up while I'm working on a presentation or there's something right. happening for me mm-hmm. to push an entire company you know, forward. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, for those of us who generally have more personal brands too, people see, well, it's you. Right. So what's the problem? It's you. Uh-huh. It's like, so when my somebody in my team responds to an Instagram message or anything, social media, it's kind of like, what? I got a team. I need help. Right. I need help. <laughs> but this says Eve Hudson. I'm like, well, it's a whole business behind this. But, uh, you know, but I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the harder things. And especially when we are women, it can be difficult for us. And I feel like we don't go save the day because it's all right. sometimes that cultural expectation too. So thank you for sharing that. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And is there any advice that you've ever gotten from a mentor that you just thought was really good and you like want to pass it on? One of my mentors from a few years ago told me to be gentle with myself as yes. I'm pouring into others. And, and And I think about that often because Again, it goes back to, you know, as women, we're nurturing, we're trying to fix the problem as soon as we hear it. You know, that's just in our in our nature. Right. But being gentle with myself has been very, very key to me. And I was like, that's not really a business kind of mantra, but I get it. Right. (laughs) You know, I get it. Being gentle with myself, because 
I can't pour into my community. I can't pour into the students that I help every day if I'm not taking that time for me. So that was something that I didn't think about. I was like, it's not a business thing, but I can, I get it, right? Because at the end of the day, yes, I'm the owner of a business. I do A, B, C, and D, but at the end of the day, I'm still Anastasia, Mm -hmm. right? And again, I have to be able to be gentle with myself in order to show up every day because what people don't understand is a lot of times when you're that only person that looks like you in the room, it brings its own pressures, you know? It brings its own insecurity sometimes. To be honest with you, for a long time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one in the room. Nobody's really going to listen to me until I found my voice. But then I started being gentle with myself. Okay, Anastasia, take a step back. Take some time for you so that you can show up and be that resilient person that comes in the room. That was something that I'll never forget. And I use that. I think about that and use that every day now. I do. Mm. I do. Because it's not just business. It wraps in my business and my personal. Absolutely. And that helps me tremendously. Absolutely. I just had a conversation with one of my sorority sisters, Latrice, actually. And something we talked about was this, the same exact thing, that who we are on an individual level is going to show up in our business no matter what. Absolutely. And so unless we are addressing these personal things, you know, these these internal things that we're dealing with, these mental, emotional things, all of it, if these physical things even Mm-hmm. We are, it's going to show up in our business and how we handle conflict, how we treat our employees, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just people on our team, if they're freelancers, even it's going to show up in how we negotiate our contracts and what we put out there in terms of our worth. If you out here thinking that you don't have self-worth or you struggling with self-worth and esteem, then what could have been a $10,000 contract? You're going to set up with two. Yep. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a thing. So it's just, I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. And this, even as black women too know our worth and to show up and to recognize that how we show up period mm-hmm. isn't isn't everything because at this point while we are the CEOs the founders the presidents we're still the wives the fur moms we're all these things and we can't ignore that but it's about that balance as well so I'm here for it sis I'm here for it <laughs> I love it Absolutely. and thank you be gentle with yourself that's I, yeah. hey I can't say that enough and I'm always telling people that myself because the world is hard enough the world Absolutely. is hard enough and the last thing you need is to be beating up on yourself too. Absolutely. Ooh. Well, so on the flip side, you know, as we are at a point of conversation, I'm like, we've been on the, we've been talking this long already. Dang. I know. This is <laughs> amazing. I love this. This is amazing. You know, I mean, HBCU grads are here. That's what we do. That's <laughs> we what we do. We like, we duh. We're family. <laughs> I love it. But um, <laughs> is there any words of advice from you that you would like to leave with us? I always tell people and encourage people to use your voice. I'm a very, very big advocate of that. If you followed my story from last year, you'll see that I'm very, very big on using my voice to change the world. I think that's the thing that I I love to leave with people. Use your voice. Or if that includes finding your voice, sometimes that includes finding your voice first, right? I think that's a really big piece to changing the world that we live in. So use your voice to do impactful work. Absolutely. Well, I think we can do that. And we're going to keep on following you, you know, as you use yours and as you are, you know, just changing spaces is only, again, you can do because I think, you know, there's just so many things in the world that we come across so many people that we meet, but there's never another you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, never a person who's going to show up and be you and do things how you do it. So I think that for no matter how many people you see showing up doing, you know, consulting like you're doing it, nobody can be in a station. (laughs) <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. can talk like she mm-hmm. talks and nobody can come into a room and do what she does. And so for those of you who are out there who are thinking about going into DI consulting as well or just starting any business, 
and there's already 500,000 of them. You know, there's Sunbeam bread, there's the bunny bread, there's Hawaiian yep. bread, there's the food lion bread. So the point is, you're going to find your people and you are clearly finding yours. So keep taking up space, keep using your voice um, and Thank keep you. letting the folks know that black talent matters because it does. And again, as we said earlier, it always has. Absolutely. If y'all want to connect with Anastasia, please go to the show notes and go to the bottom so you can check out her bio as well and just click her link to get just right to it. We make it easy for you here because we think that it's important, you know, for you to be able to connect without having to stop, rewind, do it again, whatever. So we got you. But Anastasia, again, thank you for being here. Continue to be amazing. I know that we here at the First Year Lounge, we got your back. Thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. You're so, so, so very welcome. Until the next time.